0: we will forever be in a state of maturity or growing as believers, or at least we should be because the Bible lets us know that there are, there are those who lack spiritual maturity. Now, I want to read something. And it's a quote by a gentleman, and, and I, I think it has a lot of validity. It sounds good and I believe there's a lot of truth to it and he says emotional health and spiritual maturity cannot be separated it is impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature (laughs) do you mind if I read that again can I read that again let me read it again Emotional health and spiritual maturity cannot be separated. It is impossible. <laughs> let me just hold off for a sec he said, man, and Peter says this, and we're going to get back to that again on today. what he's saying is that as you grow spiritually, certain things just ought to fall off <laughs> Uh, certain things you just should no longer want to do anymore. The old church used to say the places I used to go I don't want to go anymore. The things that I used to do talking about those things that oppose the word I don't want to do anymore. The people I used to see I'm going to add one. The people I used to see I don't want to see anymore. (laughs) The things I used to put in my body I don't want to put those things in my body anymore. It is impossible to be spiritually just a little Lord sir. Thank you. It is impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally emotionally immature. We're talking about the maturing believer Um, and before we get to Matthew you know the the apostle mentioned um, to the church at Corinth and there are a lot of characteristics or signs of those who are immature and throughout these series, we'll try to cover some of them or most of them uh, because there are some who are still engaged in things. It's not that you're not saved. You just still have childish like ways and the ultimate purpose of the believer is to make disciples Amen. Uh, We are here by God for the purpose of God. And one of the biggest signs of an immature Christian is that there is a lack of sharing the gospel. Yeah, because when the gospel is shared, the church expands. But it's hard to expand. Uh, in this every church deals with this to some extent but it shouldn't be some more than others but when there is jealousy as apostle Paul talks to the church at Corinth when there is strife and divisions running rampant in the church it's a sign that the body is immature Hmm. as a matter of fact he said I couldn't even talk to you as spiritual but as babies now he used the word carnal um, and, and carnal just simply means, of course, it's dealing with the flesh, but it's those who are still under the influence of the principles governing the people of this world. It's those who have still been led by those attitudes, mindsets that they had BC or before Christ. And one of the biggest issues that the church at Corinth has was, and, and much like today, people found it difficult to leave the culture from which they came. Now, once you are born again, you are no longer should you no longer should be influenced by the culture. Now you are influencing the culture. It's flipped. At one time, they had influence on you but now you should have influence on them. Oh boy, this is good. See, we we really don't like messages like this because it means we got to grow up. We want to hear about is my car coming in 3 days? Is money going to hit my account within the next 72 hours? All that stuff is good, but but there are some there, there are some more important things that we should well, just like he talked to them, there are some heavier things that we need to discuss, but some can't handle it because they're still babies. You're not ready for the fillet. So we want to be mature. And, and so, so, so those who are carnal or fleshly are those who are still, they have not forsaken foolish things. And other immature people. Proverbs 9 and 6 says this, and this is from the contemporary English version. It's, it reads like this If you want to live, give up your foolishness and let understanding guide your steps. If you want to live, stop acting like a baby. Grow up and let understanding guide your steps. Write that down and look at it when you get home. Ephesians, that's Proverbs 9 and 6. Matthew chapter number 5, verse 8. Here, Jesus, again, he's teaching what is known as the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon ever preached. And guess what? He taught it. It was very simplistic. probably spoke in a monotone voice. Yes, sir. Not a lot of hollering and screaming and tuning up and clearing the throat. Just talk. And that's another thing we st- we got to stop doing. Let's stop taking things that have been made to be simple and complicating them. And just talk to me where I can understand. Save all the extra for somebody. But for me, I want to understand. That's that's just me. That's just me. That's just me. But in this part of the message, someone say in this part of his message, he's talking about loving your enemies. Matter of fact, let's get the, um, give me the New King James Version first, like verses 46, 47, 48, 45, well, 46, 40, 40, 40, 40, yeah. 47, 48. But, but, Maybe start at verse 46. I know when I see it. So listen, he's talking about loving others, right? And see, all this ties in together. Or will tie in together. And again, at the end of this message, this is found in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says this. Those who hear these teachings, if you do them, man, you're like a man who built his house on the rock. So when trouble come, the winds blow. Get the beating on your house. It's not going to fall. Why? Because it was founded on the rock. But if you hear these sayings, uh, and don't do it. you like the foolish. We just read about the foolish man. Like the foolish man who built his house on the sand, had no foundation. So when trouble come, You'll be like those, I'm going to interject this. You'll be like those saying, God is testing you. God is not testing you. Boy, I don't want to get on that because that's a whole nother message. And you got to be ready for that because that's a meaty message. God has no reason to test you. Nowhere, just let me help you out since you want to pull on it. Nowhere in the New Testament do you find God testing anybody. Now, what you do see is him encouraging us that tests and temptations will come, but they're not from him. And I, I heard that what Jesus was laid in, but Jesus' body had not been given. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John is not the New Testament. The New Testament starts with the birth of the church, which actually begins in Acts. Are you here? And, of course, Matthew said, now Matthew noticed that the Gospels are the, the, what they call the synoptic Gospels. Synoptic means uh, same story, different point of view. Uh, Matthew says, uh, well, Jesus, you know, he was led by the Holy Spirit. But Luke just said he was led in a wilderness. So which, if you want to argue that, which, so was he led by the Spirit or was he just led? What? But that's another story. But 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 anyway, but anyway, but but anyway, but what you do find is God telling us that temptation is going to come. And we get excited and James, you know, people always try to use scripture. And let, me, let me say this. Now, if you want to receive God testing you, that's between you and Jesus. I'm just not receiving it because that's not what the Bible says. Because his love is unconditional. And if I got to be good in order for him to bless me, that puts me back under the law, under the curse. Now I'm back under works. And if love is unconditional, then why do I have to pass this to get? Now, isn't that based on conditions? So that means if I'm good, I get. James said, because we really don't read the text like we should. Well, James said, count it all joy, Reverend. When you fall into diverse temptations. Again, the church started in the book of Acts, the birth of the church. Christians were being persecuted, okay? And just like the Apostle Paul, he was notorious for having Christians killed, dragging folks out of their homes. You name the name of Jesus, you're out of here. And when Stephen was martyred, there was a great dispersion of Jews. That's why you have Jews everywhere, pretty much in all the parts of the world, because once he was martyred, believers were scattered Everywhere. So in the book of James, he starts off talking to those who are dispersed, people who are scattered because of persecution. And he said, Those of you who are being scattered and being persecuted, count it joy. Because these temptations should mature you in the faith. Actually, troubles actually show you, show others. Exactly where you are with God. (laughs) Then James says, man, if you're having trouble in the test, ask God for wisdom, man. He'll give it to you. Are you here? Then he goes on down. This is James chapter one. Then he says, let no man when he's been Tempted or tested, whichever one you want to use. Proved. Say that he's been tested or tempted by God. Then he goes to say, for God does not tempt anyone. No, no. First he says, for God cannot be tempted with evil, nor does he tempt anyone. (laughs) Then now he said, now if you're tempted... Look at self. Because you are drawn away by your own lust and passions or desires. In this same chapter, he goes down and says, but every good and perfect gift comes down from above. So if it's bad, why are we it with God? Now, these things can help mature you, but let's not say that they are from God. Peter does it. Well, I told you about that last week. Peter does the same thing, encouraging believers. What is known as the great fire of Rome. And I mentioned some of it last week about Nero. He was the emperor at the time and he set Rome afire and you have people who worship idols and their gods were burned up in their shrines. So the people were mad at Christians because the 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 Christians was used as the scapegoat as the reason why Rome was on fire. So they met great persecution. So Peter tells them, "Don't count it strange when the fiery darts of the wicked one comes." But again, he talks about being proved in the fire, being refined as pure gold. But again, God is not the orchestrator of the test. And let me say something. We are in trouble, trouble, trouble. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So you got the devil on your back. God is testing you on every side. Then you got God whipping you up one side down the other. Then you got your your folk in the marketplace. Man, we are in a no-win situation. If everybody's after me, God is not testing you. See, there's a difference in God testing you and, and God allowing you to be tested. Rather, he says that when tests come, let it mature you. Stop acting like a baby. <laughs> how did we get on this? How do we, we get on this? How do we get on this? Are you here? So he has no reason to tempt you. As a matter of fact, this same God says, pray that you don't enter into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh Uh, so perhaps the flesh is getting you into trouble. See, that immaturity keeps leading people into making bad decisions. And it's something about when we don't consult God first and we make a boo-boo, then we try to clean it up because we say, girl, God ain't doing nothing but testing me. But what if my tolerance is not at the level of your tolerance and I can't handle the same kind of heat that you handle? So and, and if I fail, as a matter of fact, how do I know when the test is over? Because we are forever being sanctified day by day. We are maturing daily. So again, if I got to wait till I get up here, we're back under conditions. Are you here? So then he says this, in this world you're going to have tribulations. Trials. But be of good cheer. Why? For I have overcome the world. Are you here? So he says, "In it means you're going to have peace. For I have overcome the world. Then in 1 John 5, 4 tells us, listen, that our victory, anyone born of God or born of God has victory. And this victory is a result of our faith. It says we overcome the world. The mere fact that we're believers. So you have World overcoming, overcoming faith on the inside of you as believers. Well, since I want to talk about Tesla, can we just keep talking about that? (laughs) And and it it, it all goes back to how you see God, your perception of God. And, And so I guess somebody needs to hear this. And let's stop associating every time something bad, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And we just seen last week in Peter, Jesus said, hey, man, I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. As a matter of fact, I want you to live a dynamic spiritual life. As the Amplified translated. Are you here? And God is. Good he is light and there's no darkness in him at all. And let me say something when the study says that children and this is parents I'm talking to the parents now they often view God in light of how you treat them. so if you lie they think God lie. if you're not a person of your word, they think God is not a man of his word. He's not a man that he should lie. But see, they don't know that yet because they still, they, they're they going by what the parents do. So if you tell them that Santa won't bring you anything if you're not good, they think that God won't bless them if they're not good. Ah, First, let's stop telling the lie about Santa and just tell them who the real deal is. No, I can't be giving no man no credit. Then ain't now. I work too hard, well, work too smart to be giving credit to some fat dude coming down my chimney. No, 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 Santa. Look at me, Santa, Santa. And see, there's some people mad now. Well, he, he had not said that. There probably some parents in here they're still lying to their children. Well, they need to deal with that. They need to deal with that. They need to deal with that. But he has no reason to tempt you. And in First Corinthians, it talks about, you know, no test or trial temptation that's come upon you. Then he says, that which is common to man. Being that these are things that happen to just. How many of you say Ever had car trouble? See? How many of here not saved? because I want to see you, so after service, I know who to look for at the end of the service. They don't want to raise their hand. Okay. <laughs> everybody. Well, let's just act like, well, let's say this. How many, when you wasn't saved, car broke down? <laughs> so, natural things. And even in that, the scripture says, God has made a way of escape. And if you think he's testing, you just say, Lord, what an open door. Show me how to get out of this. Are you here? And, And I'm saying this to say because how we view God shapes everything else that we do. Your philosophy about God determines how you respond to him and when you really know the goodness of God you want to mature Amen. you want to grow up you want to do the right things why because he is good so let's stop saying that God is testing you Let, let's start, you know let's just go back to first base did I acknowledge him in all of my ways and let him direct my path? Can I get the, the the amplifier talks about him removing obstacles. So if he's removing obstacles, huh? He must not be the one planting them. He is the one who is removing them. See, I'm trying to see, oh man, when when we get to this place, all this is tied in together. Because it's not until you fully and truly know who God is, can you worship him in spirit and in truth. But what we have is people worshiping him in spirit, but not in truth. Because listen, you can't really fully and freely worship him apart from knowing the truth. And when you know the truth, you are free. Free indeed. You are and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make or set you free. You want me to tell you why a lot of believers aren't prospering as they should because they really don't view God as God of the Bible. They don't really know the truth of who he is. For without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must first believe that he is. Stop right there. That he is what? Everything now nah, but before he said that though but he said just must first believe that he is and that he is rewardable. Before we get to that point let's just stick with that he is. That he is what? Everything that the word of God says he is. And if the Bible says he's good then he is good. If I believe he's good I can believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If I believe he is Jehovah Rapha, my healer, then I can receive my, if I believe he is Jehovah Jireh, my provider, but I at first must believe that he is. Notice I have to believe that he is and watch it and if I don't know the truth of who he is then I can't acquire what already belongs to me why because the just shall live by faith not by testings Old covenant was everything was received based on obedience obey the word the bible tells us that but it was based on performing. That's why they had um, that's why when Jesus came he said let no man no longer judge you regarding new moons, sabbaths festivals because these were just a shadow of things to come so once Christ came you know just like you know we don't have to go through the rituals and and they still have significance Like in Bible days, ladies, when it's that time, you can come to church because you was considered unclean. (laughs) You know, we would say like in school, you got the cooties. You can't come today. Not the cooties. But now. hmm. Go to work do everything. Certain days you had to worship, but now whatever day you choose to worship the Lord, if you're doing this unto Jesus, if you have Tuesday morning service, God is good. Are you here? But things were done. There were certain sacrifices You couldn't even go into the presence. The priest could. And if he wasn't right, they would drag him out. Yeah. (laughs) He went in with a rope tied about his waist with a little bell on it. And if he stayed in there too long, and if every now and then they didn't hear that little jingle, 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 they knew, "Uh uh-oh. I heard the bell. Because it was that sacred. There's... Because his conscience was never seared. Why? Because it was based on obedience. If you obey and serve, then. If you obey and serve, then. So when Jesus came, it's by, it was no longer based on works, it's based on my belief. My justification, that is, I'm justified now, not by works, but by what I believe. Are y'all here? Let me show you something. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes, to God must first believe that he what he is. What is he to you? As a matter of fact, how do you view God? Do you feel now? Is pray every day, but do you feel like you've lost touch with God? If you. You know, you prayed thirty minutes, not an hour. Do you feel like? Hmm? If you slip and call somebody up, do you feel like you're no longer saved? Or do you know I'm I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? And I'm a work I'm a work on calling people that word. Or do you feel like God no longer loves you? Oh (laughs) yeah. Now, I always got five or six who, Pastor, you right. I don't feel shame. But, but you know, you got to work on it, though, because you got some who, you know, they part of the cussing committee. The cussing committee. <laughs> but how do you view God? How do you view God? Do you see God as this sinister God waiting to strike you down every time you miss it? Or do you know that you are loved with an everlasting love? Hmm? How do you feel? And see, now let's go back to Matthew 8. Apart from knowing who God is, I can't even love like He loves in order for me to love like he loves, I have to know who he is. Because if I knew who he really is, I won't treat you based upon conditions. I love you when you're good, and I love you when you're bad. And see, and when you understand that, there is no darkness in me at all. So you don't run around with the spirit of jealousy or offense, or boy, this just went a whole another way. But how do you see God? Hmm? You even got people yoked up; they give out of fear, so so they don't get a full return on the seed, rather than giving them faith. God going to curse you if you don't tithe. How many heard that? You curse with a curse. You walk around thinking you got a curse on you. God cursed the ground. Boy. Listen now. But see, see, when you really understand who he is, you, you tithe out of gratitude and honor, not out of fear. Because I know who he really is. I'm not going to say I struggle with it because I know, well, see, when you tasted the goodness, he can, and when I present my offering to him, Lord, what would you have me to give? Because I know him. Whatever he says, I won't struggle with it because I know that he's not a man that he should lie. And whatever he promised, it shall manifest. But in Genesis 1, God, after he made man, he blessed man. Genesis chapter 3, when after Adam forfeited the promise, abdicated the promise, he cursed, he said, curse be the ground. In it you shall tar you all the days of your life. Whereas before, things were just to come up. He speak and things happen. Rather than the fruit just coming, the, everything coming out of the ground, now you got to work hard to get it to. So in Malachi 3, when he t- he's talking to the whole nation, you know, he talks about will a man rob God. Yes, you have Robin and Tyson. And then he goes out, he says, you are cursed with the curse, even this whole nation. Okay? Not as an individual. Not, no. Not, they were agriculturalists. They lived off the land. Then in verse 11, give me verse 11. Watch this. He said, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he would not destroy the fruit of your ground. Are you here? Watch this. That word curse, it means to eat at. To eat at. So when he said you'll curse with a curse, now things will eat at. (laughs) whatever you put into the ground. But he says, when you honor me, I will stop stuff from eating at what you put in the ground. I will rebuke the divine for your sake. That's why whenever you honor God, the earth, the ground, is supposed to respond to you. That's why Jesus... Could speak to the winds and the waves. And they obey him. Why? Because he had. Boy, y'all. In the same way they responded to Jesus. When we honor God. The earth. Creation has to respond to you. I'm done. Just a little nugget. Since since the Lord twisted that for whoever. Well, I heard it why preacher now you sound good but still there was a hurricane the other week and I I just don't understand why God would do that to people first of all who said God did it then what gets me it be the Christians who don't use wisdom now they told you get yourself out of town You walk right down that. Time my bow tie. Jesus. Time my boat, time my boat, in my boat, time my boat, time my boat, come in. Let, 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 let. Give me that. Tayo, 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 okay. Now, watch this, watch this, watch this, okay. Then, the, 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 you know, somebody from girl, you need to, girl, I'm trusting God. Well, all the time, water rising above your knees. I'm trusting God. An hour later, you sitting on your rooftop talking about why me, Jesus. And you should catch yourself. Let me show you something. What was that you gave me yesterday? 821? Watch this. The, the mo- Let me tell you this. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world, right? And boom, death entered. That's why we were cre- the spirit never dies. We were created to live eternally, and we are. But the moment Adam sinned, it brought about not only spiritual death and alienation, separation from God, But physical death. Okay? But not only did it bring about, not only was man beginning to decay, but the earth at that moment went into a state of decay. So hurricanes and tornadoes, that's a part of the earth's, that's part of the natural process of the earth decaying. Earthquakes and things of that nature. And just like you're waiting on a glorified body to earth and says you ain't the only one I'm waiting for a new body too that's why in revelation says in that day a new Jerusalem going to come down from heaven on the earth and we'll be here and God will be with this people forevermore on the earth so you ain't going to be walking around heaven you can be walk with your, you 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 you, you, you be down here like you are now okay but notice it says a against his will all creation was subject to God's curse are you here what do you mean God's curse when Adam sinned boom evil entered the world and therefore it went into state of decay but with eager hope the creation looks forward to what the day when it would join who God's children and what glorious freedom from what death So the earth started dying too. So let's not blame God. It's part of the process. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com